How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Complete Dad Podcast. Joshua, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Are you feeling better now? I am feeling better now. I'm back at work. So that was a bit culture shock again to get back into being around a whole bunch of kids during the day. But actually, it's been all right, man. So uh, just waiting for the body to respond and say, go running. But it, at the moment, I'm just getting used to having some good sleep. So that's actually been interesting. I've actually taken the opportunity to kind of reset my sleep patterns because if there's one area where I haven't stepped up, so to speak, or been intentional enough, it's been my sleep. So I will hundred percent. <laughs> but I think that's, that's kind of something that I actually want to get working and then add the other things. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, you know, sharing some of the challenges that I was having this weekend. I had a, a, I had a weekend, a week off from, from my day job, which is far from a week off of anything else. And um, yeah, it just kind of came to a crash over the weekend. And it's funny, I've been reflecting on it and journaling about it and trying to figure it out and had some good chats with my wife. And like, I think one of the biggest contributors to sort of this burnout or whatever the hell I want to call it is lack of sleep. I think it, it, I think it really is, is that I'm still not hundred percent sure how I'm going to get everything that needs to get done, done into my life, but, um, and sleep more, but I'm running on like five, maybe six hours and that's not okay. <laughs> and it's shitty sleep too. Like it's not good sleep. Yeah, I know. And it's interesting because you see a lot of these influences and guys that we respect that go with less sleep or wake up really early. I mean, there's quite a, quite a few of them that are quite open and post a lot of this early morning thing. I think we all want to kind of do that because the, the morning hours are valuable. But I think you need to then, if you're going to take the morning hours and use them, I think you've got to go to sleep earlier. Yeah, I mean, and I've been, I've been trying to run to like 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of like my own advice working against me. It's like, yeah, it works until it doesn't. And that was the thing I thought, I thought I could run consistently with sort of six hours of decent sleep. But then when all of a sudden a few things start to contribute um, and all of a sudden that sleep is not as high quality, like I'm still, I mentioned a long time ago, I'm dealing with some shoulder issues. It's now to the point where it's waking me up at night. Um, so it's like, not only am I not really getting enough sleep, but I think it's shitty quality and it's really, it's really wearing me down. <laughs> I can just even feel it in my voice um, mm. that I'm just tired as shit. <laughs> well, for me, it comes to like the stress, the net stress of life. You know what I mean? And I think when you start to notice what's happening, if you are self-reflective, I think that's the first step is to be very kind of open with yourself and, real with yourself and honest with yourself and go like, this is what's really happening instead of just brushing it under the carpet and going, well, I can just grind, grind, grind. I think it's that like net stress. And when you start to look at your stress levels, then obviously this, the quality of sleep does suffer. So if you're getting six hours bad sleep, you know, someone's probably even better to get four or five hours of good sleep. And if you're getting bad sleep and little sleep and you keep doing that chronically over and over again, you can work out and do all these other things. And I think you lose so much of the benefits of all those things when you find yourself tired at night, unable to cope with the stress, wanting to just get away from the kids. You know, like Matesh asked in that question about how do you how do you handle that when, you know, even when you come home at night, you know, you want to spend the quality time with your kids and balance everything. But actually, even in those moments, you kind of do feel like getting away. And I'm going to be honest right now. I have, even though I love my kids and I talk a lot about being present and enjoying those moments, I find it super hard to do that sometimes when I'm really, really tired. And I think it is because I am not 
making sleep probably the number one priority physically. You know what I mean? I think I actually, and that's what COVID has done for me. It's made me go, I went out of my sleep schedule, right? Obviously my sleep thing got totally messed up because I was sleeping terribly and I was sleeping different times. So as I do often is I see the silver lining and see the opportunity to get my sleep back. And so last night I went to bed at about 10 and then I woke up this morning naturally just at about six-ish and showing that I actually need more sleep. And that's because I can't work out now because I don't feel ready to work out. I'm finally allowing my body to get the sleep and I'm going to try and hold, ask you to hold me accountable to sticking to that and making sleep a priority because I think it's the same thing when I'm losing with my kids, when I'm stressed at work, when I'm um, feeling physically not healthy. Do you know what I mean? Because I think it kills your immune system as well. And, and Corona yeah. it was fine. It still hit me harder than I thought it was. And I think it's because my immune system is run up. Well, it's, it's this compound effect, right. That everyone talks about. And it's true. I always, I always describe it as like the, the snake or the monster that eats itself. Like the, the less sleep or the less quality sleep you get, the more you get stressed, the more the overwhelm feels, the more you get tend to get physically sick. And then of course that influences the the nature of your sleep, right? You're sitting there, you're stewing about things. You're not feeling so good. You're, and then all of a sudden you're not sleeping well. And it all of a sudden, and that I think to be blunt and, you know, and I, I, you know, I messaged you, but what are we going to talk about? I want to be completely transparent with people. It's like, I had like, I think about as close to an anxiety attack as I've ever had over the weekend. So like, and again, being completely honest, so I've got a pretty robust day job, but I'm also doing a master's in psychology, which is a lot of work. Um, and then I have this and I have my coaching practice and then I have kids and family and we're in a new house. That's a DIY kind of fix. There's a thousand things going on. And, you know, it's interesting. We've moved into a new course in this program that I'm taking and it's really hard. It's kicking everyone right in the teeth and all these sort of things are compounding, but what's funny, and and this might seem silly to some people, but this is what, you know, we talk about the things that set us off or that push us over the edge are always those unexpected things. And, And so we bought this new house. It's got a fence in the backyard and we had crazy windstorms this winter. And it knocked over a significant chunk of our fence. We knew buying the house that the fence was fairly old. So anyway, I had an image in my mind of what it would cost to to replace this fence. Okay. And I, I looked around and I got a bunch of quotes and this is my own issue, but like all the quotes were like five times more expensive than what I thought it was going to cost to the point where it's like right now I don't have, I don't, I don't want to commit that much cash to building a fence. I know this seems silly, but bear with me, but it was, it was this thing that threw me off so hardcore that I started to like worry about money. Then I started to worry about, well, look how much money I'm spending on this course right now. Look how much energy I'm taking here. And it just spiraled to the point where I was like almost physically shaking. And I just was like, I I need to quit the course. I need to step back from everything. I need to stop doing this. I need to stop doing that. And it just like, you know, when, when you just start to spiral and thank God I have like a remarkable wife who was just like, you need to breathe. (laughs) You need to chill. And we talked about it and we worked through it and I was able to, I just, but it was wild how I spun myself up. And ironically, you know, I mentioned this on the message that I sent you, what was really cool about it was my son came said, you okay. And I said, yeah, I'm just, I'm struggling with some things. Um, And he was asking about school and, 
you know, he, he's the kind of kid who just gave me a nice hug and said, yeah, but you can't quit. So we'll help you. <laughs> it was like coming from a seven-year-old. It was like, you got this, which is kind of cool. Um, but as I was digesting and as I was breaking this down and I was kind of going, what the hell is all of this? Um, yeah, the whole money thing kind of triggered this event, but I really do think it was just exhaustion. It was just pure, like I had been running on adrenaline for so long. And I think you're right. You touched on something like, I think it's, it's volume of sleep, but it's also quality of sleep. And I've found that I can, I've historically been able to run fairly comfortably with six hours of sleep, provided it's good quality sleep. <laughs> um, so the overwhelm is real. Um, and it was a bit of a scary moment. And, and for me, I, I think I've also talked about it pretty openly. Like when I panic or when I have those moments, my flight mechanism kicks in. Some people have that fight. Some people just freeze for whatever reason I have flight. And thankfully I'm able to recognize it and I've got a really good support group and I don't actually run away from things anymore. <laughs> um, but it's, it's brutal. It's not fun. It was an uncomfortable couple of days and it lasted a couple of days. I wasn't a significant funk. Yeah. But I mean, being tired, like listening to you, it's being tired plays a massive role in how you deal with that. You know what I mean? That it gets to that point probably has a lot to do with exhaustion and just, you know, going too hard and going too long and, and then not getting the rest. So it's kind of a question of how do we, how do we manage these things and what do we quit? Do you know what I mean? Like do, cause yeah. no, you, you're like me, you don't want to let something down. You don't want to let something go. You want to be doing the whole nine yards. You want to look at the, at the extreme in that way, more than the average Joe. Right. I mean, I don't want to give things up. So I've got to ask myself, well, how do I manage that? How do I manage to do all the things that I want to do, have the kids keep the relationship going, my, my wife, maintain the friendships with guys, get, keep the job going, do the side projects and not stress and not get to the point where you feel that overwhelm and feel like running. You know, I don't run either and I don't give up, but I definitely feel like that sometimes just like, oh, why am I even doing all this stuff? Like, why not just pack it in and just do the bare minimum, you know? And you ask yourself, well, it, is that such a bad idea? <laughs> do you know what I mean? There are people. I do, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was writing about that this morning. And, and one of the things for me, because I, I don't have very many extraneous things in my life that I can cut out in terms of like, we're not Netflix bingers. I'm not staying up late doing dumb stuff. My phone time is really low. Like I've got a pretty efficient life. So it's funny, you know, one of the, aside from taking the self-care to try to adjust why I'm having a poor quality sleep, um, whether it's the pain that I'm working through or, or, you know, when my mind starts racing, which thankfully is very rare these days. The other thing, you know, and it's tough and, and it's probably a bit, I don't know, controversial. I'm doing air quotes or inverted commas, I think, as you call them, um, is this concept of good enough. And we've talked about this as well. It's like, I think as men, especially we have this need to like the competitiveness in us kicks in and we feel the need to like crush everything, crush everything all the time. And, you know, I, I did a post on Instagram. I think it was last week about mastery. We need to have certain things in our life that we master. But I also said, you can't try to master everything or else it will kill you. So for me with school, what I found was I was committing 
a shit ton of time striving for an A plus. <laughs> I needed this validation of I need to be at the top of my class. I need to show everyone how smart I am. I need to blah, 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 blah. And I just kind of sat back and went, but you're not learning anything. You're trying to, to game this course so that you can get as high a grade as you want. And even I found myself when I was talking to my prof, I was asking questions, but like, how can I augment my grades? How can I augment my grades? As opposed to how can I make sure that I'm learning these concepts? You know, does getting an A plus and being able to crush a paper make me that much better of a practitioner than someone who gets like a B plus who really understands the content, but also learned how to balance everything in life. So for me, when it's like, what do I need to cut out? Honestly, for me, it was my ego. <laughs> there was stuff in my life that I needed to cut out. It was the same with this stupid fence. And, and I know this may not be relatable to a lot of people, but I'm sure there's something in your life. Like I used to look at this fence and it's a bit wobbly and it's not great and I don't like it, but I'm not going to lie. I was like, Ugh, what do people who drive by think of the fence? What is it? How does this make my house look? What is, what is this reflection on me? I need to replace this thing. I need to have this incredible fence around my backyard and I'm the new person in the neighborhood. And it was just so ridiculous as opposed to now I'm just looking at the fence going, okay, what sections need to be fixed? What skills do I need to pick up so that I can fix these fence sections? But also where is the fence? Okay. <laughs> you know, like, Oh, the fence is pretty good over there. Don't need to replace that. The fence is pretty good over there. It's kind of wobbly there, kind of wobbly here. So instead of burning the whole damn thing to the ground and making it this huge, massive project, was very tactical and tried to pick my spots. And I just wonder how many times in our lives that we do that, whether it's with physical things or even parts of our life where we're like, we just have to throw out everything and start all over, which I don't know that that's actually true. Mm, but I think you touched on something there, which was, you know, what are my neighbors going to think? You know, and I think I oh, yeah. tend to do a lot of things led by that kind of question without even realizing it. Do you know what I mean? The pressures we put on ourselves, the the money we end up spending on new clothes or new things or on a new car. You know, I drive my wife's car yesterday, which is a little Toyota Yaris. And normally I have the big VW bus, which obviously feels cool. You know, it's got my mountain bike stickers and my South African flags <laughs> back. And it's this big van that drives around. And naturally it's like, I feel good. The Kingwell mobile. <laughs> exactly. And and then um and then I'm driving my wife's car that's got a little ding on the side and I automatically feel less. <laughs> I feel like if I get out of this, what is this pe what are these people thinking of me when I go to the supermarket getting out of car? And I mean it's it's so it, it seems so nuts because you think like I'm still just a little boy looking for like an approval, like okay, you're good enough. And in so many ways, I just wonder how much of our anxiety and our stress is linked to Firstly, the way that we think other people see us. And then secondly, those that programming that we've taken on in ourselves, like you said, that the grade, like I have to get this grade. Like no one gives a shit. I don't give a shit. Like I'm your friend. Like I hope that you pass and it's going to be cool. But whether you got your A's, like I look at my um, academic record still from uh, my teaching degree and I did these psych modules and it's still like I see the distinctions next to like half the modules and I'm like, wow, great. No one else cares. And it's like I somehow that somehow gives me some kind of validation. And then you carry on doing that for the rest of your life and you become more stressed out. And that doesn't mean that you don't take pride of things and that you want to make your fence look good and that you want to be that kind of person who's reliable and get things done. You don't want to be a procrastinator. 
But I think it's the reasons and the why that we do stuff that ends up adding super amounts of stress and tension and anxiety to our lives. It's like when I come to work or when I imagine coming back to work, it was like just this strange anxiety. Do you know what I mean? The strange anxiety oh, yeah. that is just so stupid. And then, you know, when you, when you do get COVID and you do get sick or you do contemplate, you know, like the Stoics do contemplate your own death and you do a little bit of a zoom out, you know, you zoom out in many ways, you zoom out firstly in the space of time and you go, man, I'm like this little blip on the, on the, on the expanse of time. And then you zoom out from your house and you zoom out to your town and you zoom out to your city and then you zoom out to your state, country, world, universe. And you just go, man, I'm so small. What is, <laughs> what is this? What, what difference does it make what shoes I'm wearing today? You know, it's yeah. like a trivial thing, but I think we do it in so many ways. And it's actually been quite cool because I kind of, kind of came back to work with a little bit of a less of that vibe and trying to get rid of that as well. I get to sleep. And I find that when I am sleeping and I am more rational when I have been sleeping, I feel more relaxed just about everything. And I feel more just go with the flow. And I know that that sounds wishy-washy and I don't want it to sound wishy-washy, but I just find myself so much more effective in my communications with other people and with my kids in the class and with my own children when I'm relaxed, when I'm not putting this extra pressure on myself, from myself and from from the external. And I'm actually looking at the net value of how content am I? making myself and how content am I creating that, you know, like I talked about the vision yesterday in the podcast. It's like, how, how, how much am I sewing into that actual vision that I have of how my home looks like and how I connect to my family? Or am I coming home? Like Matesh was talking about, how do we come home and unwind at the end of the day? And I think it's important. Like, I think it's important for us to come home at the end of the day and find a way to unwind and de-stress before we offload that onto our children, first of all, and then bedtime becomes this fucking stress ball thing. So it is important to like, it's important to be tactical, I think. And that's kind of the question I think he was asking. What I'm asking is how do we become tactical in the morning going into our day to minimize stress? And how do we kind of exit our work day to lessen the stress and anxiety and, and not then make our, make more of it? Because that's what kind of happens, right? We keep on, we cut corners and then make more shit for ourselves. Well, and I know that like, you know, again, in sort of debriefing this weekend with my wife, <coughs> Like you touched on, almost a hundred percent of my stress and anxiety was driven by worried about essentially what other people were thinking or my own perception of myself. Yeah. And it's completely counter to what we talk about every single week, which is living ruthlessly in the moment. Right? Because you're not. If you're worried about what someone else is thinking, or like if you're if you're out for a run and you see other people. And you're worried about speed up. what kind of gear you're wearing. <laughs> well, you're, you're not. Awesome, right? If you've seen those people, you can actually sometimes see them coming a mile away. Like dude's like running like nice and slow. And then all of a sudden he starts speeding up when he comes past you. Well, but everything, right? Like, so yeah. So, so much of it is, is, is what we worry about. Um, but I think, you know, tactically, you know, again, I've got my relationship. We, my wife and I have got our relationship to a point where we can be really honest with each other Mm, and we support each other when we're going through tough times. So I think, especially as men, you know, and I don't want to get too deep into Matesh, the specifics of his question, but one of the things that we've talked about in the group is how do I take time for myself without feeling guilty? And here's the, like the world's most annoying question. Stop feeling guilty or the, the world's most annoying answer, I should say, sorry, is stop feeling guilty. So it starts with acknowledging that particularly as men, we can take time for ourselves 
and that that's okay. It's not, not only is it not selfish, ironically, it's the hardest thing for men. I would argue it's one of the least selfish things that we can do to say, if you're in a position with your spouse and say, Hey, you know what? I need an hour. And, and that happens. Like, even if I'm starting to, you know, we're, we're kind of clicking my wife and I was like, if I'm starting to feel the stress, she'll be like, why don't you take an hour? Why don't you go read a book? Why don't you go have an app? Why don't you go for a drive? Whatever. Just take an hour and just have some time for yourself. And it's the same thing with her. I'll say, Hey, you know, you're, you're, you're looking frazzled or maybe the kids are driving us crazy. Why don't you go do whatever you want? Like, go. she's got hobbies. Why don't you do that? Or why don't you same thing, go for a drive, go for a walk, have an app, just take some time. So I would say the first thing is acknowledge that we need that time and that it's okay that we need that time. Mm. But then here's the catch. You have to make sure that you're showing up in all the other aspects of your life so that when you say to your spouse, I need an hour, that your spouse doesn't turn on be like, yeah, fine. You're not doing anything anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because that's that's the truth. If we're feeling guilty about taking time, maybe that's because, and I'm not saying this is specifically about the chaps in our group, but like I'm talking generally. If you're feeling guilty about taking time for yourself, maybe that's because also you're not being present and valuable in the time mm-hmm. that you're actually there. Right. Like, and it's hard. I still struggle with like, it's a Sunday afternoon. The kids are running around, everything's going on. We're cleaning or whatever. And we're, we're sort of done. It's like, cause I still think like, Oh, I'm going to take an hour to myself. Oh, but that puts all the burden on you. I still think that, but I have to re- realize have I shown up in all the other times? Am I reliable? Am I the kind of person that if my wife needs the time that I'll offer that for her? No problem. If you tick all those boxes, yes, there should be really no guilt. Interesting. Way, way easier said than done. But I do think that guilt really does show up because we're not showing up. Like if you're crushing it 90% of the time, 95% of the time, taking 5% for you, I don't, I don't think it, it, it really should influence us. And then it really does just have to go back to ego. Mm. Am I, am I afraid to admit that I need time? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that you're right there. And I think you hit the nail on the head there about how we're showing up in other times. I think that what we tend to do is hang around, you know, so probably just sit on the phone, like being half present, feeling like you're doing something because you're there while the kids are playing on the floor and then you want your extra time. And then the wife's kind of like, whatever. So I think it is a thing of communication. First of all, I mean, if you've got a good vibe like you and your wife have, if you've got a good organization where you do give each other time, then that's great. But I think that communicating with your wife um, about what you're going to do and what you need. But then, like you said, I think that I think that what we do is we mix up this quality and quantity time. You know what I mean? Like we put a lot of quantity. I'm at home. I'm there. But it's like, how much are you actually really there? And then it's kind of like you have, you are kind of sucking up that time for yourself. And I think that your wife would be far better if you come home, like spend like an hour, like quality time with the kids, like really focused on them and then go. And then I think every woman's going to be like, well, yeah, of course, man, go take an hour for yourself. I can see that you're tired or whatever. Or listen, here, I've had a hard day at work. I mean, look at it. It's like, if you love each other, surely, like if she comes home going, man, I had such a hard time, whatever. Can I just take like half an hour to an hour? And then I'll, then afterwards I'll, then I'm going to take the kids and I'm going to do this and this and this with them. Who's going to say no to that? But I think it's being intentional and then really, and this is where it comes to really being committed to what you say you're going to do, like in your, to yourself is going, you know, I, I want to come home. I want to spend time with the kids, but knowing, you see, for me, I know, especially on weekends, I know that if I don't take a little bit of time for myself, that I'm just not going to be as good and as present with my kids because I'm just not physically there. And so then I need to start going, 
like they're backwards by design and going, why am I ending up in these times when I actually don't want to spend time with my kids? Because let's be honest, we get to those times when we're so tired that actually spending time with them is a chore. It is a chore. And I know, and I know it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> well, well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way all the time, but it's funny. So, like I was talking with someone. It's so weird at, at my job. Uh, I, I seem to be like this coach at my work too. Everyone starts talking about their personal stuff with me, which is great. I, I love, I love that role, but I was chatting with someone who I, I admittedly, I don't know very well. It doesn't work for our company is sort of a, a trading partner of ours. And um, we were talking, she's got a young son, a little over a year and it sounds like she's got a, her hands full. Um, and essentially she said something along the lines of like, I just feel so guilty because there's days where I just wonder like, should I like, did I, did I make a mistake being a parent? Did I, Oh my God. Like it's why are there times I just don't want to be anywhere around them. And, and I, I had to say, I'm like, and I giggled and I see that you're kind of giggling too. And I said, that makes you a parent. <laughs> like we, we shipped the kids off to my mom's house on Saturday on Friday night and had a nice date night. And we were sitting there and I'm not going to lie. We both had moments being like, why did we do this again? <laughs> this is so nice, you know? And, but of course, the very next morning, you were itching to go pick them up and, and you couldn't wait to see them. I think that's the other piece when we have guilt. We are still people first. We are still individuals. We are still spouses. We are still Tom and Joshua. Like, yes, we run a group for dads. And yes, parenting is super important to us. But I'm not only Joshua the dad. You're not only Tom, the dad, you're Tom, the spouse, but you're Tom, the triathlon running mountain bike guy, surfing South African who has his own thing that needs to come through and you have to be yourself. And sometimes you have to be yourself without your kids around and that's okay. Well, they need to see, like I, they need to understand that that's who you are. Otherwise I think that they don't have anything to emulate or look up to because then they're all you're doing is just running around after them, which I don't think is serving a purpose fully. Anyway. Well, and I think if part of you had, if I think if a significant part of you dies in service of being a parent, I think you're just going to not, you're doing them a disservice Yeah. because exactly like that, they're going to see the fire coming out of your eyes. They're going to see that, like, what the hell's the point? My job is not to keep my kids fed and cleaned and clothed and make sure they get to school on time. That's not my job. My job is to show them that life has the capacity to be amazing. And how do you do that? Well, you have to actually believe it. <laughs> and do I don't think that well. you can believe it. Yeah, I don't think that you can believe it and do it if you kill all of the things that make you you. So I, I just, and look, I struggle with this too, but like, don't fucking feel guilty if you want to have time away from your kids or if you want to have time away from your spouse, if you want to be alone, if you want to wander in the forest or shit. I mean, like, we live rural and we like coffee. Sometimes I just jump in the car and go, sweetie, I'm going on a Timmy's run. And you know what? That's 40 minutes for me in the car where I can listen to a podcast or like a, a, a book on tape or a book on tape. Holy cow. An audible. <laughs> <laughs> My old truck had a tape player. Leave me alone. <laughs> I swear I'm not that old. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, and it's Okay. And not only is it, is it okay, it's necessary. Like guilt is a, I call it like a derivative emotion. It's a manufactured emotion. We don't instantly feel guilty for something. We might wish that we hadn't done something, but guilt is 
a manifestation of stewing and ruminating and, and obsessing and playing all the different scenarios and what would have happened if I'd done this or that. And that like, fuck, like, okay, look, if you do something like, let's say you have a moment of weakness and you belt your kid. Thankfully I can say I'm not there, but like it happens. Okay, fine. Maybe you want to feel a little guilt about that. Maybe you're unfaithful to your spouse, or maybe you lied about something. Okay. There's a time for guilt provided that it leads to change in behavior. Yeah. But if you're just sitting there feeling guilty because I wish that I had some time away from my kids and you're not doing about it and you're just sitting there and marinating in it, it's going to fucking rot you from the inside out. Mm. But I think but it's one of the things. The no, change in behavior. Say, it's so consistent. Yeah. Oh, the change in behavior is essential. It's like an apology isn't an apology if you don't follow it up with some change. No, I was just thinking because at the end of the day, when you get those feelings at the end of the night, like we've been talking about, or you or you feel that guilt, it's it's something that I've been reading about in this book called The Path Less Traveled, The Road Less Traveled, which is amazing, by the way. I never even knew about this book, but I'm reading it at the moment. I can't remember the author at the moment. I just started it, but. It's all about this ability to be honest with yourself, like truly honest with yourself and look at how you're showing up and then ask yourself the question, okay, what do I need to change here? And I think that if we are feeling overwhelmed and we are feeling burnt out, something has to change, right? We have to make sure that we are looking at ourselves and taking that time to go, this is not going well. Not I'm just going to quit all this stuff or I'm going to crawl into a hole or I'm going to fall apart or I'm going to get angry. So, okay, this is not functioning well. What do I need to do to make sure that it is? And then looking at the basics, like this is why we say like the foundational things of like how much sleep am I getting? Like how, what am I eating? Like how often do I drink alcohol? Because alcohol fucks sleep big time. Not enough exercise means bad sleep. So there's all these, you know, we do talk about the deep work and I think it's obviously important to do the deep work and ask the questions of ourselves about, you know, the wounds and the, the emotional issues that we have that we don't like to face up to. But the practical things of, of really scheduling our day a little bit more intentionally, you know, it sounds boring, but like when you can come home and say, Hey, this is what I'm going to do now. Then I'm going to take half an hour. You can have half an hour. And then let's meet at six o'clock again and have dinner. Check what happens. See how much better it gets when you guys give each other time. I mean, we get home. Our wives have been with the kids the whole day. A lot of the time as well. You know what I mean? Or different, differing degrees or day stressed by their job. It's that just having those conversations and, and really looking at ourselves, no hold bars, uncompromisingly and just saying, what can I do to make this better? Like, I mean, it sounds so stupid and so like hokey, but it's the truth. Like, what can I do to make this better? Where are, like I do in my journal, I do this whole rundown of like, okay, where is it not working well? Okay, those seven things are not working well. And then I, on the other page, I have this thing, the flowchart of like, okay, so what must I do to make this thing work better? And then I think, which a lot of us struggle with, I don't know about you, but I think you do because you, you've spoken about it with your food. It's like the consistency of just doing something until it becomes a habit and then watching the outcomes and going, well, fuck, this is actually going a lot better. Or no, it's not going better. Let me see where I can change that. And that's what you and I have done and how we built the complete dad is to go, what are the things that work? And then there is just that understanding of this doesn't change in a week. This just doesn't change in a month. This is like a long process. Never look at where I was three years ago to where I am today. The understandings of myself and how I work and how my kids function, how my wife function is much higher. Is it there yet? No. But, you know, I think that having those bookending the day with journaling is, you know, we say it over and over again. And it's because we say it because it works, right? It's just reflecting on, on ourselves and on our days and stuff. And 
I don't know about you, Joshua, but we do have, something has to give somewhere in life. We can't be everything. There's a song, you know, everything to everyone. Like you cannot be everything to everyone. And I think when we care too much about people, what they think or what they're going to think about us, not giving them time or us saying, sorry, sorry, man, I can't talk right now. I'm supposed to be with the kids or sorry, man, I can't do that thing at work, even though I'm going to look like I'm not the great colleague. So what? And that's the problem. I think we do so many things where it's like, oh, I'm not going to do all the wife. Oh, you know, she's going to be annoyed if I have this time for myself. Well, you know what? Actually, if you speak, speak to her properly and explain it to her and have a good conversation when things, when the iron is cold, <laughs> not when she's stressed out and you're stressed out and I, you're, I need time. And she's like, I need time. It's like when it's cold and calm and you yeah. those conversations, then you can start to see things change and start to work together. And I think that that partnership with our wife is probably the most important, like little, not little, but a big chunk of like this working and us really getting the time because there's two of us, right? And we can all look after the children on our own. So why can't we work out something to give each other time, realizing we need that? That's why one of the things that I find really fascinating is when when a lot of the people sort of in the personal development space, which I guess we can say that we're there now too, um, talk about put your prior put your relationship with your wife or your spouse ahead of your relationship with your kids. And so many people get really angry. Like whenever I see a post like that, I love to dive into the comments because I just want to see what the hell people say because like intuitively it doesn't make sense. Like, and we're not talking about like if your spouse or your kid is about to get hit by a car, which one do you save? That's not what we're talking about, but look at what happens when the relationships at home struggle, right? Because all of the things that we talked about today, if you're in a relationship and you're co-parenting, everything that we talked about requires communication and support and a team that backs you up, right? Like if you have a shitty relationship and you say, hon, I need some time. Yeah. No, fuck you. I'm doing something else. Or like, you're not supporting me. I'm not supporting you. And all these hallmarks of like relationships that crumble, um, it all requires a stable home front so that you can rely on your team. And that's the thing, guys, like, guys, we're tough. We can shoulder a lot of weight, but I keep talking about this. Like, you know, think about like from a military perspective, there's helicopters. They require 40 hours of maintenance for every one hour of flight time. Race cars need hours and hours and hours and hours of prep and maintenance for every hour of racing. Yet we, as high performance men think that we can go all the time without the maintenance, without the support team, none of that stuff works. Like even you look at athletes, they have this like giant entourage of people who take care of them. There isn't a soul on the planet who is crushing it in life, who does it alone. You need support. And if you're not in a relationship, that doesn't mean oh, I don't have a, I don't have a spouse. I'm screwed. No, but it does mean having support networks with friends. It does mean having relationships with people who can help you out during those times. Like we just can't do it by ourselves. So you have to put that core relationship at the center, so that when you say things like "I need some time to myself," you have a team that you can rely on, and also that they can rely on you when you say. And you sure as hell better be ready when your spouse says. I'm kind of burning out. I might need a weekend away. If your answer is anything other than no problem, look inside of you because you have to be able to support them as much as, as 
they're going to support you. It just, it starts, it starts there in my opinion. And the best, best work that I've done to make me a better father and to make me a better person has been the work that my wife and I have done in our relationship. It, it pays back dividends that, that I, I can't even begin to explain. Yeah. I think, I mean, I was just about to say, I think that the cornerstone of like these kind of things and sorting ourselves out and de-stressing is our relationship with our wife. It might seem kind of like simplified as well, but when that relates, like I was just thinking when my relationship really is on song with my wife and we're really on the same page, it's like, you can throw anything at me. It's quite amazing. Actually the kind of synergy or the alchemy that kind of happens when you get together and you really support each other, you know, on the flip side, when you are at loggerheads, it's the most draining and sapping thing in your life and adds a major stress to your life. So, you know, and then, and then back to the other thing, it's like Lincoln said about sharpening acts. It's like, he said, like, um, if I only had an hour to chop down a tree, I would spend 45 minutes sharpening my axe. And I think we don't realize that we want to just chop trees, chop trees, chop trees. And then yep. axe. I mean, it's, it's a simple metaphor, but it's so true. Like I cut, I do a lot of chopping and stuff when I, I when I've sharpened that, that axe, or when I got my axe out of the box the other day, that's that Swedish one that I got the grants. Oh my God, man. The way that thing <laughs> I cut through through the logs comparing to my my old axe. We're back to axe point, are we? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's just so true. Yep. I mean, we can actually 100%. spend that time challenging ourselves, sharpening ourselves, working on ourselves and stepping away without feeling guilty because if we're walking around with a blunt axe, you know, that's much more dangerous. They always say like using a yeah. blunt knife is, is more dangerous than using a sharp knife. And then we end up yeah. cutting a bunch of stuff, making a mess. And so I think it's important at the end of this to wrap this up is just to say, you know, spend that time sharpening that axe. And that takes a lot of time by yourself. You know, if you're just following running from pillar to post the whole time, trying to react to every fire and whatever, we know it's going to burn you out. Of course it is. But if you are actually intentional, taking the time, able to be self-aware, I just find it works so much better. And then, as I said, like probably the person that sharpens me the most is my wife. So being able to take the criticism and take those little like points that I find so hard to take makes me a better dad. And I said to him, and you have such high expectations of me and sometimes I want to kill you for it, but sometimes I want to say thank you so much because you hold me to a higher standard for my kids sake, you know? So anyways, that's me for today. And I think that's, it's a pretty good message, bro. I think I think we covered a few bases there. There won't be the perfect answer because you know we're still discovering how to do this ourselves. Yeah, man. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and that's the thing. There is no simple answer to any of this stuff. I mean, aside from, like I said, it's kind of to recap really quickly, is like be really mindful of how much of that stress that you're putting on yourself is coming from external sources. Um, yeah. How much you're worried about what other people are thinking of you. And it's hard, man. It's hard. I get that. Like I'm still conditioned to think, what does everyone else think? Uh, I, and that's, that's taken a huge amount of my time to work through that. But um, you know, that recognize that you need time, recognize that you need maintenance, whatever that looks like, and then do everything in your power to give yourself that good crew to take care of you. Like guys look like the minute we start talking about relationships and having hard conversations with their spouses, they just go white. Like they just like that. They, their face drains of blood. Cause it's scary, but it's scary because it's so important. Right. I don't think it's scary because they don't know how to do it. I think it's scary because shit, the, the risk of it going wrong is too high. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. I'm with you brother there. And, and if there was just one thing that I would, I want people guys to stop doing is putting so much negative pressure on themselves. So much guilt, mm-hmm. just yeah. D- ditch the guilt. Yeah. Ditch the guilt. 
Mm. But do the work and get honest with yourself. You know, it's much more dangerous to leave these things unfocused on and unlooked at. You know, those hard conversations with our wife, much worse not having that hard conversation, ending up 10 years later, divorced, burnout. Have those hard conversations and take the challenges. But like Joshua says, like just get rid of the guilt rather to make the changes, you know. That's all it is. Do something about it. Better way out, better ways of doing things. Anyways, check us out on The Complete Dad at Instagram. Please come and uh, join us at The Complete Dad Network on Mighty Networks. And our website is thecompletedad.work. Go check up there. Subscribe to our newsletter that I'm going to get out. It's actually coming out soon. Hopefully, if we can agree on what we include in that thing. But that's <laughs> So getting all the T's crossed and I's dotted for The Complete Dad and moving forward. So, yeah, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, until next time. <laughs>